0: Welcome to Great Minds, a wine-centric podcast where two wine-loving friends take a look beyond what is in the glass. We look behind it, too, discovering the stories, the culture, the history, and the people that make it all happen. I'm Gina Birch.
1: And I'm Julie Glenn. We also taste a little wine along the way. Mm -hmm. So summer travel season is here and travel within the U.S. is
0: open tentatively, cautiously anyway. People are ready to get out again definitely however travel around the rest of the world is still not as open as pre-pandemic and Julie I know you got family in Italy and last year you were talking about I can't wait till everything opens up again and I'm able to to go there I'm not sure I haven't really kept up with it I know it uh, changes from day to day but uh, what are the travel do you know I mean are you even able to go right now without having to quarantine for your entire trip (laughs) um you know, I don't think so. I think that you
1: might be able to fly in somewhere else over in Europe and drive
0: down and maybe mm-hmm. get
1: through that way. But even then, once you get there, I'm not really sure that it's worth it because I think people are still really staying in quarantine in yes. a lot of towns and a lot of regions are still locked down.
0: So where are you going to go eat? What are so, you going to do if, you know, once you get there if there's nothing to do? Well, there's that. You have family, but that's different. I know, but that you, can you also get, get away. boring <laughs> after a while.
1: I mean, I mean, they're great people and stuff, but after sitting there staring at the same four walls and the same people. You're like, yeah, no, all right, I I'm go.
0: ready for something new.
1: But the thing is also that would be traveling in summer if I were to book it now. And summer over there is kind of hit or miss. Anyway, you got Ferragosto where everybody takes the whole month off, which mm-hmm. they may forego that this year since they've been closed for a whole year. Mm-hmm. But um, also Italy without air conditioning can
0: kind of be a little warm, especially mm-hmm. if you go down south. Well, despite Ferragosto, <laughs> you know, there are a lot of folks dreaming of a, a summer in Italy in the Italian countryside. And, and frankly, I, I admit that I've had some of those dreams, as too, French countryside, Italian countryside, just anywhere. Um, And it's that desire that has inspired our next Great Minds series, and it's we're calling it a summer vacation in Italy through wine. So you know, we, we can't actually travel there, but we're going to drink our way through Italy, we right?
1: We <laughs> were doing the, um sticking it to the pandemic, traveling through wine mm-hmm. for a while, and that was fun. And then I remember when we got to Italy, we're like, well, you can't do all of Italy in one show. Right. Because it would be a many, many hour-long marathon of wine drinking and talking yeah. about said
0: wine. So we kind of shelved our travel for a little bit, and we actually had some some in-studio guests from California, which was nice. That was kind of cool. It well, was back. Like the uh,
1: initiation of beginning to travel again, so that right. was exciting. But, yeah, so now we're going to do Italy region by region. And uh, we're starting in Sicily, down south, where it gets super hot. Mm -hmm. It's an area that some Italians don't even think is part of Italy, for whatever reason.
0: (laughs) A number of reasons, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, we don't want to get too far into Italian politics and identity. Nope. um, Because that's an unsavory Pandora's box that uh, we don't even want to start talking about Lega Nord, the political party. Oh, gosh. Uh, Not fun. Um,
0: But have you noticed that almost every Italian-American seems to be from Sicily or Naples? Uh, this seems to be a predominance. I mean, I know that my grandmother was from Sicily. And when I'm talking to some other folks from Nape- uh, Napoli, they're like, Pops, that's Sicily. That's not. No, that's, that's not a, even that's Italy. A, no. That's an island. That's whatever. But yeah, there's a lot of Sicilian um, upbringing, you know, ancestry in South in Florida and the United States, I think.
1: And it's, I think it's a lot of the reason why um, when we have products being pronounced like Italian products being pronounced by proud Italian-Americans, they're totally mispronouncing right. them. And they're cutting off the last part of every word, which is part of the Southern dialect. The sci- the Southern um, accent mm-hmm. is to just not pronounce just the last it. half of the word. So, like, you'd be Jean. Yeah. My husband calls me Jew. Yeah. For Julie. <laughs> so, I mean, literally, it's uh, they do that. So that's why they say
0: prosciutto instead of prosciutto. Yeah. It, it's and they say, no, this is the right way. No, it's, it's not. No, it's, it's really not. For you, it might be. But anyway, now see, now we're opening another whole Pandora's box. Oh, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, Correct okay. pronunciation of yeah. Italian. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, before we go any further, I think we need to sip a little wine from Sicily. I am um, open to that. We've got a couple in our glasses, and I, I honestly have been salivating to try this. Um, when it comes to Sicilian white wines, which is what we're going to start with today, Grillo is the most planted or most widely planted um it's a lighter style wine it's it's a refreshing wine it's similar to but definitely not the same as say a pinot grigio or agave and it's one that i think some of the psalms have been discovering too i've i've seen a lot of people uh posting what's this Grillo? oh man why have we not discovered this before and yeah. uh, we're discovering it now we have a couple of different kinds
1: um yes this is kind of a in pigeonholed into the um blending all the grapes together mm-hmm. to make uh not Madeira Marsala, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, that's kind of what's happened to a lot, of, and a lot of times Grillo
0: is used in Marsala, correct? Yes, right? it is. Yes, so we're starting with Corvo, and man, this is a really aromatic. I haven't tasted it yet. I'm just really enjoying how it smells. Um, yeah, you're right about it being lumped into a bunch of, of, of other like a blend, uh, and a then blend. made into
1: a fortified wine.
0: And I think with, which is great with veal mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. and some mushrooms. Have the veal. <laughs> Veal cutlet and mushrooms. Mm -hmm. So we're having Corvo, C-O-R-V-O. You may have heard of this one. Um, It's a rebrand refresh of uh, Cecilia DOC, which is Designated Origin Controlled, controlled Origin, yeah. I, I can't remember now. How can I not remember that? Anyway, sorry. Um, but this Corvo has been a repack with the Sicilia DOC on the label. Mm-hmm. Um, is the super affordable, approachable price point. Um, definitely yeah. have a case for all of the barbecues you're going to go to over the summer, and just take a bottle with you,
0: and you will be a hero. so good with with uh, seafood and appetizers. And you're and you're and you're right. This is uh, around ten dollars. A bottle, um, I believe, uh, like you said, this has been repackaged. This is uh, very easy to find, Corvo, in, in the U.S. We're going to take photos, and it'll be on our on our website so you can see. So then you might think, oh, yeah, I've seen that label before. It yeah. just looked a little bit different. Well, I, when you I saw it, and I was like, I know that brand. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. But that's
1: not the bottle that it's usually in. <laughs> it comes um, in
0: a convenient screw cap, too. They kind of classed them. it up a little yeah. bit.
1: <laughs> An easy-access screw cap we is always wonderful over the mm-hmm. summer. Mm. But okay, I got to tell you, this This tastes like wine that my husband's family has at their house in Daily. Calabria that they got from their neighbors. Mm. You know, that
0: kind of like, uh, I don't want to say salvage, uh, wild. Like uh, Yeah, it is wild. You know, I, I get, you know, I said I, it smelled floral. It's a little floral in the glass to me, too. It's, yeah, it smells um, a little bit, but it smells like brambly, you know, like mm-hmm. more, not
1: like. Red berry brambly, but more like um like when you're in a berry bush but not with the berries.
0: You know, like <laughs> the, the leaves. That and would stems. be because we were peeing. We're mm-hmm. <laughs> dipping behind there. But I get like um some stone fruits in there, uh it's a nice summer wine, really. So Grillo, the grape itself, the word indigenous comes into play. And some mm-hmm. people say it's indigenous to the island. Well, the grape itself is not an indigenous grape. It's kind of one of those uh, things that has morphed and the DNA has changed. It's a cross between two or three different grapes. So I guess we can still call it indigenous, even though... By science, yeah. scientific terms, I don't know if it would be. We're splitting hairs a little bit here. but for I'm all about the, hair splitting. Yeah. But this
1: is the child of Catarato and Zabibo, which are two indigenous grapes to the island of Sicily. So I guess that since both of its parents are original to Sicily and it was born there. I mean, this didn't happen in a lab somewhere else. Um, it was this cross happened and the grape Grillo is from there. Isn't there a, another one, a muscat? Muscat of Alexandria. I think that's a too. Yeah, Yeah, and uh, one of the types of muscat of Alexandria. So, yeah, Catorado being the most planted grape on the island and is best from the area right around Mount Etna, which is pretty easy to reach as a tourist in a car if you're going across the Strait of Messina on the ferry. You Get off your car, you take a left, and head on over there. You see Mount Etna. And that would be the area where Colorado is the best. And it's kind of rising in prominence. Mm-hmm. And for our travel purposes, there's a really beautiful town tucked into the hillside mountains there. Altitude really happens. I mean, you, it just juts right up. And uh, there's a town there called Taormina which is a very tourist attraction kind of place. Mm-hmm. Don't get yourself ripped off at a restaurant if you go, because I did. <laughs> I'm speaking <laughs> from experience. But um, really pretty place there. I'm not... A well-worn travel destination, but definitely travel destination, as far as uh, Sicily is uh, considered. But it's a great if you're driving Italy and you go down to the very end of that toe, all the way through Calabria. You hop on the ferry and you get off, hang a left, and you're at Taormina, in the shadow of Mount Etna, which is where a lot of the best grapes in Sicily for mm-hmm. um, for dry wine bottling come from.
0: Well, I think Grillo is really a perfect wine for us to start with on this tour. Not only is it, it could be used as an aperitivo and it's nice and fresh, but because of its cross pollination, you know, with three different uh, vines, three different grapes, it 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 really is shows kind of the character of sicily because they've been conquered so many times so many people have over over the centuries have uh laid claim to it it's it's obvious in the in the people and the art and the architecture and the oh, food yeah. i mean it's just such a an interesting combination of of so many different peoples and influences so i think Grillo's is perfect for that we've got a second grillo in our glasses from um Vento de Mar, de Vento, Vento di Marie, and I don't know if it's the glass or what, but these two could be more different to me. I mean, mm-hmm. the second one has, it reminds me more of a Tarantis with its with its body. It's a little, uh, almost like a caramel. This one's a little bit heavier. Yeah. You know how some Tarantis can so be much. a little thick? Yeah. Not all of them, but some a of them. A little bit viscous. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah, this one has such a honeysuckle smell. The corvo has more honeysuckle on the nose.
0: The Vento to me is like... um. Like a nectarine fruit, like a thicker, juicy, really super ripe nectarine. Like good
1: juice in a peach jar?
0: Or a peach, yeah. But, but peach not that sweet. sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like a peach nectar. I think that's a good way to describe it. Concentrated flavor. Yeah. Like concentrated. Yeah, like when you want to make the... Uh, Make the champagne cocktails, and you put the, the nectar, the guava, the, the uh-huh. things in there. The can, and, and that uh, kind of thicker. gives
1: me the feeling of the viscosity of it, too. Viscosity, yeah. Yeah, that whole sticking to the side of your mouth That's thing. really
0: interesting. And the, and the, the, the second one we try, the, the Vento de Mar, is um, they're from pretty much the same areas. They're around the same price point, a couple dollars more. And it's just, I, that's what I love about, you know, tasting these things side by side is, is, is uh, finding the difference.
1: Vento de remember. Mar being ocean breeze. So do you get any of that, like, you know, sometimes you have a white wine from a cliffside or an ocean side. Yeah, like some salinity. And you, salinity. Got kind of, you know, that little, like,
0: shellfish salinity thing. It is on an alluvial-based soil. I'm just looking up some of the, the tasting notes now. Yeah, if i got to pick a favorite, I'm going to go with the Corvo. Do you like the freshness of it? The, yeah, the, it's or a little bit brighter. A little more?
1: This Vento de Mar, it's good, but it's kind of more fat.
0: I think if we um, weren't trying them side by side, we'd we'd love that one. I love as, both of them, uh, and with some fruit, or with with a, maybe a, a cheese tray with some charcuterie. Yeah, yeah,
1: like a dried oh, yeah. apricot or something like that.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, put some of the some of the jam on some salty hard cheese. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm that, taking that. that I can see that. Yeah, but I think by themselves, we'd probably like both of them. So the Greeks, the Phoenicians, the Arabs, and Italians have all held sway over Sicily at some point throughout its history. They're all pretty big wine people, except, of course, the Arabs. Still, business is business, y'all. Okay, if you're in Sicily, you already had a wine business, you were able to keep that wine business. Between 600 and 800 A.D., when the island was controlled by Muslims, the already established wine trade did just fine. It was unlikely that that the residents of Islamic Sicily drank alcohol, but that did not stop them from creating alcohol and shipping it as far away as Sardinia and Pisa, because a study of chemical residues of, of grapes found in the medieval con- containers from those areas led uh, researchers from the University of York to speculate that they were used as transportation vessels for wines from Sicily from the 9th to 11th century. Uh, the vessels are called amphora. Which I'm sure we've oh, all yeah. heard of. You I know, love the, those
0: amphoras. Uh, they're so cool.
1: They're really cool looking. Um, they did impart a certain amount of flavor, I think. Have you had, I mean, they've had a big movement lately of natural wine people yep. doing. Um, returning to the use of them? Yeah, using amphora to um, age or store mm-hmm. uh, wines. So. It's kind of interesting how they're doing. So now we are going to some reds. Yeah,
0: sorry, I made a little bit of noise here, but I had to crack the seal on the two Nero Dia- da- Nero, Nero diavola. Nero diavola. Nero diavola. So when when you think of um, uh, an indigenous God or an iconic, no, no, that's the dump bucket. Oh God, I was like, <laughs> wow, that's really light. <laughs> that's the dump glass. That's a nice rosé. <laughs> Gross. Sorry. No,
1: no, it's, I'm glad you. Kind I mean, of you could have tried it. it, but it would
0: Repriotary have been proprietary blend. <laughs> yeah. We like proprietary blends. But Nero Davila is uh, the signature grape, red grape of Sicily. And when you see that on the label, you know, it, it kind of implies certain things, just like when you see a burgundy or, a, uh, you know, those certain words to me. I, I feel like this one is going to be a little, a little more robust in fruit. I, I feel like when I see a Niro, this, this grape on the list, it's going to have some nice tannin structures and good acid to cut through some meats now mm-hmm. let's see if we are right with with these two that we have in our glass. Which one do you have first? Corvo. Corvo. What you got? I got the Corvo too. What you got? What you got? I got the Corvo as well. So this one is around $10, so it's a good value. Well, we think it's good value. Let's try it and make our decision after we sip a sippa. That's pretty easy. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Mm, smells nice.
1: It's kind of lighter than I remember Nero d'Avola mm-hmm. being. I always thought it was kind of
0: I don't know. It's pretty light, isn't it? It is. I was expecting a little more volcanic kind of... Mm.
1: There's a little ashiness at the end.
0: It is, now that I... Yeah. It That's just taste to open a little bit. I mean, I just, just... You heard me open it. Um, <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Their mm. tasting notes indicate that we should be picking out bold plum flavors. I do get plum. Notes of spice. Mm-hmm. Well-balanced wine pairs with a charcuterie, pizza, grilled meats, and red sauces.
0: Totally see all of that.
1: The Sicilian plate that everybody knows so well is spaghetti alla nona, mm-hmm. which has little chunks of eggplant. Um, so if you think about eggplant and a tomato sauce and spaghetti and um, dried uh, ricotta stagionata. So it's mm-hmm. ricotta cheese that's been aged, so it dries out a little bit, and it's crumbly kind of like the Cotija cheese from uh, Mexican cheese. Yes, yes. So it's kind of like that level of crumbliness and that ends up being it can border on rubbery if it's not good if you get bad quality.
0: And I, I was also um see I saw a pairing note somewhere that oxtail stew it would be a kind of a Sicilian dish that would go with this as well.
1: I'm not saying I would prefer water to this with that, but I would probably find a different
0: wine for that personally. <laughs> Just, I prefer water to, uh, for oxtail stew than this. I
1: know. No, I'd rather take this than water. But oh, okay. still, there's probably a better wine in the
0: world for oxtail stew. Because this dude's kind of light mm-hmm. ooh. to me. Now, I'm moving on to the Venta, Vento de Mario. Oh, is that what the oo was about? Was it a surprise? It has more um, more freshness to me. Is it a- It has more more cherry. Most well, different grape. More red berry. No, it's the same. Nero Diavolo. Oh, there's Norello Mascales on the front. Oh, did I pull the wrong one? Yeah. Oh, that's why it tastes so different. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when one is in a hurry, you just don't know what you yeah. stuck in your wine bag. No,
0: that's true. But I can pull up some notes on that one. I think.
1: But it's pretty cool, Naredo Mascalese It's kind of. I'm kind of glad that we got more than one red grape. I thought we were going to do two Nero But Nero super famous. Probably doesn't need any more publicity. But I went to Italy and I it was just. I thought, wow, I'm cool because I even know what it is. And a friend of mine at the school was like, we kind of always consider that, like, a ladies' wine, you know? Like, like we think rosé as porch pounder ladies. Oh, yeah. You know, digging that yeah. it kind of wine. Yep. They just don't see it as a very big, strong wine, which kind of goes to show you just how big and strong the wines can be over there. But, I mean, it doesn't have a whole lot of tannin, I don't think. No. I like it. But but I it's mean, a, it's a really, uh, I think it's great. I really like d'Avola. I always have liked it. It's just like a big glass of fruit. Not a whole lot overly challenging about it, but it's definitely good to go for pizza night, burger night, or any number of casual sit
0: downs. This other one that we poured though, because we were talking about Nero Diavolo, what does that bottle say that, because that you, you have it over there in front of you? It's made with organic grapes. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it says Norello Mescalese. So it is 2019. Um, Norello Mascalese is kind of considered one of the better red wines from Sicily. It's the one that people look to when they're looking at like, well, this could be our star, our big point maker, one that's going to appeal, I think, not just to an international palate, but like kind of show the high level of quality that Mm -hmm. is achievable. And they're looking to this grape, I think, for the most part. To be the one that uh, brings that type of international renown to an indigenous variety from Sicily, um, Nero D'Avola. We mentioned it's just kind of it's it's good. It's there. It has its little place in the world. But this one is probably I'm imagining going to be bigger. So it's a nice surprise because that's a <laughs> lot more of a mouthful, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Did you notice how this one like has a lot more going on on the mid palate than the other one? So this grape, Norello Mascalese, has uh, lived in the shadow of Nero Davila for quite some time.
0: But well, it's coming out. It's, it's, it's coming out party I right here on Great Minds. but I'm
1: not going to do it. I'm not going to sing this song. Hmm. Um, Norello Capuccio is another one. Um, they have very similar characteristics to Norello Mascalese. Norello Capuccio, uh, they tend to get blended together. Mascalese uh, tends to take the leading role. In fact, uh, Norello Cappuccino has been so marginalized. Cappuccino or cappuccino? Capuccio. Sorry.
0: I'm like, now Now I want coffee. I know. Sorry, <laughs>
1: Norello Cappuccio. I read that too quickly. Um, it's almost extinct. Really? Like, it's a little grape that just may not make it because of the popularity of so many other things. And, you know, we've heard about that happening with other ga- grapes, like the Charbono grape of California mm-hmm. um, on the edge of extinction. Um, so uh, that's... Uh, one to look out for. I think that we're going to see better and better production of Norello Mascalese coming out of uh, San Gio- um, out of San Gio- out of uh, Sicily. Sicily,
0: yes. Yeah. So if you see that on on the label somewhere, and and you're not sure what it is, Nurello Mascalese, give it a try because it's really a. I'm I'm really impressed with this one. Yeah, I'm I enjoying think it's it.
1: Really good. It's definitely a mouthful to me. I mean, it's it, it and it continues to change.
0: Pony. No, it's it's very. It's got a lot going on on the palate and. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that I think would be better with your oxtails too. I agree. I wow. think that the Nero d'Avola is a good red pool side if you insist on having red when it's hot out. So you know, it's, Italy has the Do, the DOC, and the DOCG, and there is one DOCG region in Sicily, is called Cherasuolo di Vittoria, and it's an appellation. That's the only DOCG on the island of Sicily. It's okay. south. It's in the southern part, and it makes red wines with a blend of Nero d'Avola mainly provides the weight and body with frappato, which contributes lighter and fruitier character to the wine as I lose my voice.
0: And if you haven't heard of some of these uh, grapes, don't worry. They're about fifty different ones, indigenous ones in Sicily. And if you've been really concentrating on on Tuscany and Piedmont and all these these places that get a lot more of the press, then these wines are definitely going to sound foreign to you. These grapes, but here's the thing: they're affordable. They're generally good values. You're not going to waste your money. And if and if you're if you don't like it hundred uh, percent, they're ten under under fifteen dollars. You can you can cook with them. There's so much you can do with them. So so try some Sicilian wines this weekend. Um, and travel there virtually or in our mines. It's the largest island in the Mediterranean Sea. It's the home to the largest, most active volcano in the world, Mount Etna. Uh, the people are warm and friendly. The food is good, and it's, it's just uh, something fun to, to look for And while we're traveling from our couches. <laughs> we'll continue our trek through Italy uh, next episode of Great Minds. In the meantime... Great Minds is produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Our producer for
1: online media is Tara Callaghan. Great Minds' theme music is from Kansas City band Victor and Penny. The song is You'd Be So Nice to Come Home To by Cole Porter. To get in touch
0: with us, check out greatminds.org. For Julie Glenn, I'm Gina Birch. Thanks for listening. Ciao, Bella. Thunder in August, moon burning above.